Welcome to the epicenter of sports and entertainment. This, This is the Root Dog Show. Now, here's your host, Rudy Reyes. Welcome to the Rude Dog Show. Good evening, everyone. I know I've been gone for a minute, but I'm always back. I'm always here. Always love talking sports on Twitter, social media in general. And you can catch me on the RudeDogShow.com. Go to the RudeDogShow.com for all kinds of goodness that have been bestowed upon me through nine years of doing podcasts before they were ever sexy. Today, speaking of sexiness, I think the U.S. men's national team is sporting a little bit of that. Uh, but along with that is uh, my my friend here. You may know him. You may not. But if you don't, you're going to know him a little bit more as we head into about 30-minute conversation with Jesse Bradley. This guy does it all. He knows a lot about a lot of different things. But today, we're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team. We're going to talk about a lot of different aspects. Welcome to the show, Jesse. How are you? Rudy, so glad to be on the show. It's an honor. I love your passion. Keep running with it. And we're in Seattle, and there's snow coming down. So already two hours delay for the kids tomorrow. They're hoping for a full snow day. But I remember those days, you know, checking the weather and thinking, all right, school going to be canceled. And then you're in California, so you're not having to deal with any of this. But it's kind of fun, too. Kids are outside right now playing in the snow, having a good time. Well, fabulous. You know what? I am familiar with the snow. No, not here in California, but I'm familiar with the snow throughout my journeys and travels in life. And of course, I'm always bringing it uh, on the RudeDocShow.com. So that's just who I am, what I do. And tonight, we're going to kind of dive into the U.S. men's national team making the round of 16. And they're in the World Cup. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. I wish I could say that I've caught every single second of Polisic's play and all the other stars that are associated with the U.S. men's national team. But Jesse, man, I, I look at where they're at right now. It is it is amazing to see them finally qualified to be in the World Cup. And I can't say that I'm I'm not surprised, but what I am surprised about is their journey along the way, what they've done from the onset of the season as it started to be where they're at right now. What have they done, in your opinion, based on what you've seen, that would give you the idea that perhaps they could win it all? There's a lot of momentum right now, and that's exciting. When you see a team come together and they have a healthy culture, they're all focused on the same goal. You know, this is the youngest team the U.S. has ever fielded, and that tells you about the future of soccer in America. We're seeing the college game get better. We're seeing youth soccer and the development, the outstanding coaches. We're seeing the MLS improve. And right now there are teenagers who are playing at the highest level in clubs in Europe. It was unheard of 10, 20 years ago. So this team right now is playing with confidence. And not only did they qualify, they made it through a difficult group. You know, Wales didn't make it. Iran didn't make it. But England and the U.S. made it. We stood toe-to-toe with England. England's ranked fifth in the world. And it was a tie that was very even. So we didn't, you know, pack it in, just play defense the whole time. We were making the runs, putting the pressure on them, getting the chances. And that's got to develop confidence. You know, when you've never stepped on a platform this big, you don't know how you're going to respond. 
And I think soccer and sports are a picture of life. Like what lessons can we learn? And as you watch them, it's inspiring because the stage isn't too big. They're sticking together as a team. Everyone's working hard. They're looking out for each other. The captain's only 23. And uh, I think America is picking up on this. And there's a lot of people who don't follow soccer, but they're starting to watch the games a little bit because they can see something special is brewing. And all this is leading up to the World Cup in three and a half years. It's going to be here in America. Seattle's one of the 12 sites as well. So there's momentum. You know, soccer is the number one sport in the world. That That's just a fact. I know I have a bias. You know, I, I loved it. I played in college at Dartmouth. We won a couple of Ivy League titles, played professionally overseas. So it's been a huge part of my life. But when you look internationally, soccer is the number one sport. There's an estimated 5 billion people that are going to be watching the World Cup. I mean, that's a massive number. No other sporting event comes close to that. So uh, the passion, you pick up on that. When players represent their country, you pick up on that. And you can feel it. Even if there's not a lot of scoring, you know, it's like playoff baseball. We had the Mariners against the Astros. 18 innings, no score. But every pitch is tense because one play, one mistake, you know, one huge moment, it's going to determine the series. And soccer's like that. And as you know the sport better, you pick up on the intricacies. You understand the runs, the movement, the passing. But overall, you know, it's just fun. It's a sport about joy. There's more singing and dancing and soccer in the stands. And you really pick up on some of that joy as well when you're watching the games. You know, there is so much to like about this U.S. men's national team. I don't really know where to begin. Um, you know, fine. So Pulisic had a scan. Well, he's slated to be back in. It's not as if, you know, he wasn't dubbed Captain America for no reason. But he's not the ending of the dialogue. He's just the beginning of the dialogue. We're talking so many more people. doesn't take one person to win the game, but it takes the right shot, the right passing, the right footwork, you know, ball awareness. You have to know where you're at on the field and when to pass that ball and when not to. You know, you do crossbody kicks, things of that nature. You you have to be aware of the guys next to you. You have to be aware of your line and the front line that's willing to help and assist you to get that ball, which is designed to go in one place, and that's the net. <laughs> so that's, right. that's exactly what what they've what they've done. You know, throughout this entire season. Yeah, they tie with England. Um, you know, and they tied with um, Wales. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day. It's not really the ties, it's the wins. And the wins are something that they are becoming accustomed to. I think they're playing with great fluency, um, with, with great passion. Other teams that have faced them, as I've noticed, will cry and whine. And, and, and by all means, I take nothing away from them. And some of those arguments are very just. However, some of them are not. And the ones that I've seen are just absolutely mind-blowing, thinking that is nowhere near a penalty. That head did not hit yours. There was no physical contact <laughs> that forced you to go on the ground and grab your ankle or your calf or your shin. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I think that some of that play, you know, really needs to be looked at from an organizational standpoint and say, you know what, don't even bother. That's right. You know, that's my least favorite part of the sport, the drama, the acting, the embellishment, like the rolling around, you know, and, that's why we have VAR. That's why you can replay it. All right, what really happened on this? And it looks ludicrous for any fan that watches it. And he's like holding his head, but no one ever touched his head, you know? So that shows, but also like you mentioned, you know, Christian had an amazing game and the goal he scored to put us through, he sacrificed his body, collided with the goalkeeper. And there's going to be moments in life for anyone where you know the cost is high to get the job done. 
and you know their sacrifice, and you know you can't ultimately care about your own protection fully because the goal is more important than the pain. And you know that's true in parenting. There's a cost to it, but it's worth it. That's true in leadership. There's a cost to it, but it's worth it. You know, when you're building a career, there's a cost to it. The extra work you put in, the hustle, the hours that no one sees, and those moments like that, you really have to be fearless. And you can't be timid. You can't be halfway. It's not going to get the job done. You can't overthink things. You just have to see it and go for it. And, you know, I was a goalkeeper. So what happens in front of the net, both for goalies and also forwards, in soccer, there's not a lot of scoring. So those one or two plays, that's going to change the outcome of the game. And for America, that changed the tournament for us. Because, you know, this is a team with a great goalkeeper, great defense. All 11 are working well in defense. We have the midfielders now with the passing. We have uh, some great runs on the outside. And we don't really have the classic goal scorer. And Christian is our leading offensive weapon. So when he got injured, you know, it's like, okay, where's the offense going to come from? I think we'll be back next game. But your big players have to step up in the big moments. And, you know, that's what he did. And it's one of those plays that will be replayed for decades. And it'll inspire younger Americans soccer players to see that play and think, you know what, that could be me someday. I could play for our country. I can see the ascension of American soccer. And those kind of plays just leave a legacy. And that's what he did on that one. It included some sacrifice and some pain. Well, you know what, again, you and you hit it right on point, Jesse. It's all about sacrifice because the little term of taking one for the team couldn't have even come close to the reality of that actually happening. With that collision, set the tone for what the U.S. men's national team is going to be facing in the next round, right? USA found themselves in a position where they're right behind England, then you have Iran, and you have Wales. They're still in the mix. They're still there. Um, and more importantly, it's not about the, the position of where you're at. It's about the wins. And the fact alone that the men's national team, even with that amazing goal, by Pulisic, it still means that everybody else, and, and you had stated it properly, if he wasn't part of that offense, where is it going to come from? There's a lot of great talent on this U.S. men's national team. I really don't know if they're being talked about or discussed as much as Pulisic, but they should be because this is about a team win. You can't take one person on any given field. You can't be the one person in your entire life, uh, right. whether you're a parent or not, and try to win it all uh, as one person. It takes a team. Yes. There, there, there is, there is no iron team, but there's an iron win. And yes. if there's one guy who can change it, uh, to put that in perspective, it would be Pulisic. But again, there are other players on this team. When you look at the round B, look what transpired against Iran. That was like sending them home packing was not something they were looking forward to, but it happened because of the amount of shots that were taken by the U.S. There were twelve uh, shots on target. Were five. It's not as if they didn't have the possession arrow, their direction for the majority, but they did. And they did a lot more with it. They had more opportunities because they created those opportunities. Not They were never given those opportunities. What did you see against Iran by the U.S. men's national team that makes you believe that they can do the same thing to the Netherlands? You know, you mentioned a key statistic, and that's possession. And when you're watching soccer, pay attention to that. Because whoever has the ball more frequently usually wins. And that really comes down to the midfield. They control the play, the tempo, the passing. And our midfielders have been top-notch. I think maybe the strongest unit in a long time. When you think about the goal, you know, that won the game, well, it started with McKinney. 
and he's been having an exceptional tournament, and he dropped a dime because he saw Dest running on the outside. Now, Dest is a defender with the extra hustle. He's sizing up the play. He sees the space. You know, soccer's about running to the spaces. And, you know, Wayne Gretzky used to say, I go to where the puck is going to be. And you read the game. You read the flow. And Dest had that intelligent run on the outside. McKinney puts it right on his head. Dest sends it back across. This is a defender who's putting in the work to get up front and send it over. And, again, that's the teamwork. It starts in the back. We've got a solid goalkeeper, Matt Turner, who's exceptional shot stopper. And then I look at some of the individual defenders like, okay, Walker Zimmerman, when you think about his journey so far in the first game, he had the biggest blunder of the tournament. I mean, he followed Bale uh, and, and Gareth, he takes a penalty kick and, and consequently we tie the game with Wales. If, you know, that blunder doesn't happen, we probably win that game. So what do you do in life when you blow it? Well, you learn from it and then you get right back in there and you can't wait for the next opportunity to do it right. And the following game for Walker Zimmerman, now he's going up against England and you've got Harry Kane, who's probably one of the best forwards in the world. And he's about to score early in the game. He's going to put this away. And Walker Zimmerman comes out of nowhere, slides in, deflects it just enough to go wide of the net. And again, there he is making the difference when he could have been hanging his head, his confidence could have been low. He could have been feeling bad for himself and a pity party. No, you move on to the next. And in sports, you've got to delete. You know, as a goalkeeper, that was one of the things in, in my mind is that I can't linger on a negative play. I can't keep replaying it in my mind. And sometimes in life, you can't keep replaying the old tapes. Like, don't give them power. Don't let them just keep running through your mind and bringing you down. Like, it's a new day. It's a new start, you know. Um, faith is an important part of my life, you know. Now I'm pastor. But it's like, wow, when there's forgiveness, when there's new opportunities, when there's grace, it's like, oh, that's what it's all about. Now let's go. Because we don't need to sit in guilt and shame. Like, there's too much still on the line. And then Walker Zimmerman, you know, even coming in at the end of the last game, clearing everything out with the head. And the this was phenomenal. But there's nine extra minutes. And all of America was tense watching these extra minutes. And literally the last two minutes of the game, Iran pressuring the goalie, puts the ball between the goalie's legs. It's running towards the goal. And who's back there? Walker Zimmerman picking it up, being in the right place, reading the play. And, and you look at that, the highs and lows within three games. And when we're watching these guys, it's a picture of life. It's a microcosm of life. And sport teaches us so much about life and how you respond to the setbacks in life, the comebacks that can result. You know, that that's what sport's all about. And we're seeing it. America didn't qualify last time for the World Cup, but now they're making a united strong run. And uh, it's great to see a comeback. I love a great comeback story. Oh, everybody loves a great comeback story. You know, you mentioned Wayne Gretzky. There's one other person that obviously one of the greats in sports uh, history forever. Michael Jordan said one time, he said that it's not the shots you make, it's the ones that go in. And Pulisic can certainly have that conversation and say, you know what, that one just happened to go in. I was in the right place at the right time. You talked about spaces. He closed the gap, literally closed the gap enough to make that kick just look almost I don't know, standard issue for him. And I know it sounds maybe a little homerish or whatnot, but, you know, at the end of the day, again, it's about being at the right place at the right time, putting yourself in position to help other people get an even better position. And I think that that's one of those things that just continues growing within the mysticism of where soccer could be. 
in in the effect of saying, you know what, this is this is where we're at, but we could be here. And and the growth of equality between the U.S. men's national team and, and the U.S. women's national team certainly that gap has now been bridged a little bit further because they had decided to basically put a suit out there stating that, you know what, we deserve equal pay. I'd like to believe and think that perhaps this is a segue into a better opportunity for the women's national team and having equality with the U.S. men's national team. Now, for all intents and purposes, I'm not going to suggest that the U.S. women's national team is any better than the U.S. men's national team. But if we talk about what have you done for me lately, as we're Americans, and that's what we want, progression on every single, you know, in every single way and every single game or everything that we do to define perfection, I think that it was it was a draw. There's no yellow card to be thrown here in this situation. I think more importantly, when you look at the overall consistency of who the National Soccer Association has actually done is say, you know what, it's a landmark. We need to abide by this. I think it makes sense. Personally, I believe it makes sense. I'm all about equal pay for the amount of work that you put into something. And the equality comes with, look, we qualified, you did. Yes, you have more titles than we do on the men's side. But on the women's side, they did it last year. A lot more different and differently won. However, when you file a gender discrimination lawsuit, it just goes to show that you're not going to take this lying down. How do you believe this is going to change the shape of soccer, not only in the U.S. as it develops into more of a full stream, maybe a mainstream uh, sport where everybody's going to play. People are going to transition from rugby into soccer, maybe. I know it's probably a reach there. But where do you see this going? And this does this lawsuit and, and, and the findings of it uh, to pay men and women equally going to affect the sport positively or maybe even negatively moving forward you know i think it displays that america's committed to both men's and women's soccer on all levels all ages and that's a great thing we want more men and women playing it's a phenomenal sport the energy the teamwork uh the fitness involved the relationships the leadership development and for men and women to get that opportunity, we want that. The women have been outstanding. In terms of women's soccer worldwide, America's been a pioneer. We've set the bar high. And because we've invested in women's soccer and developed that, you know, we've had incredible success on the women's side. And I think this just reinforces that that's going to be the path forward. And you're seeing it in other countries now, as a lot of times America will make a decision that has ripples across the world. And maybe in some countries, there isn't a tradition or history of women's soccer. And I think this makes a statement that in, in all nations, we want to see men and women enjoying the game, playing together, playing at the highest level. Yeah. And I think it's just going to continue to grow uh, for men and women right now. And it's a sport to be enjoyed. You know, the World Cup at its best, it's the nations coming together. And you see it, you know, the Olympics has a similar flavor where it's like you can build friendships, appreciate each other's culture, right. men and women competing. And I think that's what the world wants. We want to see men and women playing at the highest level. We want to see the nations coming together. We want to celebrate the sport, the relationships. And I, I've seen so much sportsmanship. You know, when we won the last game against Iran, one of our players went over just comforting the player from Iran. Why? Because he genuinely cares. And yeah. It's going to take that uh, sense of equality, of compassion to continue to move the sport forward. It's a great thing. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a great thing in, in all aspects. And, and I say that because when I look at the type of involvement that's almost becoming a movement, if you will, um, of being able to do everything you possibly can to not only help the sport move forward in your localized area, but how the USSF says, you know what, we're going to take this to another level. We're going to set the example. We're going to set the bar here. This is where we're at. But we ultimately want to be here. And I think that as long as the U.S. men's national team continues winning, and this is this is not hyperbole by any means, and, and to go along with what you were saying earlier in regards to kids growing and understanding the sport and recognizing that they're, they could very well do the very same thing that this U.S. men's national team, maybe they'll do it in 15 years, depending on the rage or, or whatnot. Um, I, I just believe that there's so much to be uh, had uh, along with, you know, uh, having the right leadership, coaching, the organization, uh, and, and and ultimately just doing everything that you need to do as an individual to help the sport grow. Um, yes. What type of uh, help outside of obviously this landmark decision uh, by the USSF that will help soccer continue growing moving into, well, 2023 and onward? That's right. You know, I live in Seattle. All four of my kids are playing youth soccer. It's extremely popular. We have the Huskies who are ranked first in the nation for a lot of the season. And then we partner with Seattle Sounders, Faith and Family Night, Tacoma Stars, Faith and Family Night. So soccer is a huge part of this community. And I think that's true in a lot of cities across America. So many kids are playing now. And in a country where soccer is growing, a couple key elements. I mean, you need a high quality professional league so the kids can see the example and dream and be inspired. You also need outstanding coaches at every level. And then you need kids just playing and having fun beyond the practice field, but it's at home, in the backyard, on the playground, with friends. Right. And it just starts to grow and develop. It's caught as much as it is taught. It's like you need the initial structure and form and leadership to set right. it up for success. But then beyond that, it's something that kids just own and they want it and they love it. And that's what it takes. I think you're seeing that play out. One challenge in America is that the cost of youth soccer keeps increasing. And for kids that are coming from a low-income family, do they have access to the best coaches and clubs? And that's something that I think we're going to need to figure out. And we're going to need some new models. We're going to need to try some things with different clubs. I know there's talk here in Seattle about some ideas. But ultimately, I think it's important that kids that don't have as much money have access to the very best coaches. And that's going to be huge as far as the future of soccer in America. But what you're seeing on the field right now from the national team is a level that, you know, as you go back over the history of the World Cup, 1930, we finished third. There's only 13 teams, right? Beginning of the World Cup. Right. And then in 2002, we finished in the top eight. And that was our highest, you know, rank right there. So for us here now to be in the round of 16, we're knocking on the door. And, you know, our next opponents, the Netherlands, they're ranked eighth in the world. They're a tremendous team. They don't have really any weaknesses. They're going to possess the ball well. But you know what? Our guys aren't going to back down. And we're kind of the David against Goliath. But when I think about David and Goliath, you know, everyone talks about that situation. But sometimes what they don't unpack is that David was a shepherd and he protected when the lions and bears came, he protected the sheep. And that was preparing him for that bigger battle. 
And so often in life, there's the smaller battles and maybe no one sees them, but it's preparing you and the victories that are coming for the bigger one. And now you're ready. And Goliath, he wants to take everyone down, but now you're ready to take a stand. And, you know, for this American team, they've made it through so much. I feel like there has been a lot of lions and bears and they're not going to be intimidated by the Netherlands. I mean, that's a phenomenal team. Virgil van Dyke's the captain. I mean, he is one of the best defenders in the English league for Liverpool. They're stacked, but I give us a real chance to win this game. I'm, I'm looking for a couple of key plays. And in soccer, you only need one or two goals sometimes, especially, you know, our goalkeeper, Matt Turner, is so solid. If right. we can break through a couple of times, you know, we can take this one. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I believe they have the momentum. They they have the tenacity, certainly. Uh, but more more than anything, they have Pulisic. And if they can run the offense through him and create opportunities that put him in the right position to make those goals, I don't care how they're made. You can hit it off your head and you know stick it in there. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's Again, it's about perseverance. It's about recognizing that you can go through life and face all the challenges but never fold in those challenges and always follow the win. Uh, with that, Jesse Bradley joins me here on the show. Jesse, thank you so much. Where can people find you? You're, you're very entertaining. You're very delightful. Where can people connect with you at? Appreciate that, Rudy. And I like what you said. The goals don't have to be pretty. You know, in life, it's not always going to have a ribbon around it, but it's that grit to get the job done and to do what it takes. And they're going to roll up their sleeves for sure. Uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with people. Anything we're talking about tonight, you want to go deeper, uh, just reach out. We create a website, jessebradley.org, and we've got a lot of free content in there in a lot of different areas of life, like marriage, hope for marriage, seven days. There's a free course, seven days of reviving hope in your life. So jessebradley.org, check that out. On social media, the handle's the same, Jesse J. Bradley, Twitter, Instagram, uh, yeah, reach out. Let's talk soccer, life, faith, whatever you want to cover. And uh, let's keep cheering the USA on. This is a huge game coming up Saturday. And let's get the victory. Sounds good to me. But I have one last thing to say. USA, USA. And with that, this is Rudy Rance on the Root Dog Show on Sideline Sports Network. Uh, and you will find this also playing uh, on my favorite uh, channel, obviously, as people should know. And if they don't know, uh, I'm going to give them every bit of information they could possibly uh, go to. Go to Facebook.com. Go find Today's California and check out the show there. Also be on, well, of course, theRootDogShow.com. So tune in for that. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Like it, love it, share it. I like that kind of thing. So I certainly thank you, Jesse, for coming on. And uh, they'll, well, I believe they're going to beat the Netherlands, but we'll see. And if they do, well, May have a show to get you back on and talk about that. That's great. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work, Rudy. Thank you. Take care. Have a great night. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.